Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. The world says your success is tied up, uh, tied up in the faults and opinions of people. If enough people like you, then you'll succeed. But uh, if it, and we can say, if you do things just right, <laughs> and say, if you do it just right, uh, and if enough people like you, then they'll lift you up. But again, if people are lifting you up, people can tear you down. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Glory to God. We love you, Jesus. So I want to welcome all of you that are here this morning, and I want to welcome also our online community that are joining us from all around the world. We thank you guys so much for your faithful listening and viewing. Thank you so much for being a part of this series entitled Breaking Free. I know the Lord Jesus has a special word in store for you, and I'm glad that you're here. All right, everybody. Uh, last week, we spoke from the subject of the sleeping church. If you have not heard it, make sure you go back uh, and listen to it. You can go to our website at kingdomrock.org. These resources are available for you. So make sure that you go back and do it. Uh, there's a special blessing, I'm telling you, waiting for you in the second viewing. Hallelujah. I know you're watching it now here uh, in church and some of you are watching it online, so you guys already know there's a special view. There's something special there waiting for you. Amen. So make sure that you watch and, and get up with us, catch up with us. All right. So today, we want to ask the question, do you like me? Do you, do you like me? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's the title of today's message. Do you like me? Do, do, do you like me? Do you like me? How many times during school, when we were school age, I remember some of you, you don't, you don't have to put your hands up. You don't have to. I remember taking a sheet of paper and writing on that paper and drawing a little box. Do you like me? Yes or no. And then I had to get somebody to, to do it, to deliver it for me. Cause I, I, I couldn't do it myself. I couldn't do it myself. So I had a friend, somebody at least I thought was a friend to take this little note to so-and-so. And then there was Stan, there was that that big period, that period, oh my God, they like me, what are they gonna say? What are they gonna say? Do they like me? Oh, is that awful pressure on you at that moment? Do you like me to find out? And when you got the note back and you had a check and yes, I got a girlfriend, I got a girlfriend, I got a girlfriend. Ooh. Oh, that was a special moment that lasted to lunchroom, but it's okay, praise God. You know, but we've been asking these questions. Do you like me? Do you like me? And going up into adulthood, we may not pass notes anymore. Now maybe a text. I don't know what's happening now, but we've asked those questions. But that question can be quite damaging as you go up into adulthood. We're going to discuss that today. We're going to be really talking about breaking free from public opinion. Breaking free from public opinion. If you're going to do anything notable for the kingdom of God, you're going to have to break free from public opinion. We're going to be talking about that this today and next week, the Lord willing, and uh, we'll see how far we get today. So let me ask you this question as well. Why do we crave? And I have two answers for this. 
Why do we crave um, the acceptance or approval of others? Why do we crave the acceptance or approval of others? I have two reasons for you that we'll, we will discuss. I'll get into the first one a little bit, but the second one will hang out there uh, for the duration. Because if you understand this, you really get it in you. So the first reason we crave acceptance or, or, or uh, approval from others is that it's in our nature. It's in our nature. Now, right away, some people are like, oh, what, what are you talking about? It's not in me. What, what, what do you mean it's not in me? I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. No, listen to me, please. It's in your nature to want others' approval and acceptance. Let me tell you why. We were, cre we were created by love, in love, for love, to be loved, and to love others. It is a scientific fact that we live longer, humans live longer and have healthier lives when we are loved and we, when we have uh, love for others. It's in us. It's in us. Researchers have discovered, and I, I really hate this. I don't want to say hate this fact. In fact, I really dislike it, but it's true. Researchers have discovered that even infants, if they do not receive a loving touch or some type of human touch, as they are maturing from, as they come from the womb, and if they don't receive a human touch, they will suffer and they will die. Even babies need touch. They need a loving touch. They need care. Now, as much as we would like to think, think and some people would like to, like to say, I don't need nobody, and I don't care what they think. Talk to the hand. I don't care what you think. I don't need you. I don't need nobody. As much as we would like to think that at times, you know, that's just not the truth. The fact of the matter is, if we didn't need them and if we didn't care what they think, we really wouldn't be human. On some level, on some level, we will always need other humans. That's why God said to Adam, to the very first man in the very beginning, it is not good that man should be alone. He said it's not good. So we're always going to need each other. Uh, we say these things. We say, I don't need nobody and all that. You know, I don't care what you think because we've been hurt. We've been hurt. And we say that and we put up walls because we don't want to be hurt again. And that's just the fact of the matter. And those walls, putting up those walls to shield our hearts may seem logical for the moment. Hey, it's logical. But actually what those walls do over time is it prevents you from receiving love. And it prevents you from uh, from loving prevents. We can say prevents or hinders. It stops up the works. You need love and you need to love. You need to love others. So um, in essence, just like the infant, just like the baby, if it does not receive a touch, if it does not receive love, we'll also really get weaker and sickly. And we may even die prematurely or at least we may live uh, horrible lives or miserable lives. You ever seen somebody who doesn't feel loved, has nobody to love? It's not good. It's not good. So we say, I don't, you know, I don't need anybody and all this and that. No, that's, that's, that's just not there. So what's the answer? The answer is, first of all, realize that you are a creature of love. You are a creature of love. You again, you were made by love. God is love. We're going to see this. God is love. 
You were made by love, for love, to be loved. You were made to be loved. Say that. I was made, I was made. by love, by love. For, love. for love, to be loved, and to love. Because of that, we're always going to seek after others. Always going to do it. So the answer is, first of all, realize that you need to be loved and that you need to love others. Secondly, the second is that um, the second answer to this situation is that uh, we cannot forsake the source of true love. That's God. I would say this, that Jesus could not have performed his public ministry except uh, the way that he did, except he was filled with God's love. Because people can tear you down awfully, horribly. They can say all manner of terrible things against you. And here's Jesus, definitely love in the flesh. And people tore him down left and right. As we, get, as we go further on this series, we'll discuss that. But I don't believe that Jesus could have done that except he was filled with the love of God, except he knew the Father's love. Many times when Jesus uh, met with the people and, of course, performed miracles after that, he went into the mountain to pray. When he had confrontation with uh, the religious leaders and all that stuff, he went into the mountain to pray. He always went aside to pray, you see, because his love cup always had to be filled. If your love cup is not filled by Father, you'll go and seek to fill your love cup with people. Because we all want love and acceptance. And the thing about getting love and acceptance from people only is that if people can give it to you, people can take it away. So Jesus, I believe, had to always keep his love cup filled up. You and I have to always keep our love cup filled up. If the Son of God needed prayer all the time, need to pray constantly, how much more do we need to pray constantly? So if you find yourself seeking for approval, seeking for this, you need to go back in prayer and just say, Father, I receive your love. 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 And as you receive the Father's love, let him fill you up. You say, I don't feel anything. I don't, I don't feel anything. I don't feel goosebumps. I don't feel anything. Continue to say it and continue to, continue to stay there. Because being in God's presence is, is much like, so, so they tell me, it's much like getting a tan. You know what? You may not feel it at the moment, but when you come out of it, we see the difference. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You're in the presence of God. You're praying, Lord, I'm here. Uh, but the fact that you are there and you're calling upon him in your secret place, amen, amen. if that secret place is in your car, if it's in your bathroom, if it's in your living room, if it's in your bedroom, if it's in your office, wherever that secret place is where it's just you and him and you invite him in that place, you may not feel it. You raise your hands. You may not feel it. But the light begins to shine on you. And you're beginning to change. And the more you meet God in that place, that secret place, that precious place, the place where only you and him abide, the more he changes you, the more you receive love, the more you receive love, the more you receive love. But if you're going about asking others to fill up your love cup, even in marriage, your spouse cannot fill up your love cup. 
Only God can do that. Because we'll be demanding something from them that only God can give. And that's really unfair because they'll they'll be like, you know, am I not enough for you? And all these other things. And the answer is, no, I need God first. But it's unfair for me to demand that from you. From children demanding it from parents, from parents demanding that from, from children. It's unfair when only God can give that. Now, of course, there's, there's a certain amount that we need to get from humans. There's a human supply. Again, that's why God said it's not good that we be alone. But there's a certain segment, a huge segment, that we must receive from Father. We must receive from Him. Amen? So don't forsake uh, the source, the true source, God. You must get into His presence. You must get in His presence daily and receive and fill up your love cup. And you can say that, Father, I've come to you to receive your love. Fill my love cup. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up. Fill me up. Because once you're full, your heart won't ache for public opinion. Are you hearing me? Let's go a little bit further. Let's look at uh, Matthew 22. We're going to look at three scriptures as it relates to this. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. And it reads like this. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here again, our love starts with God. Get your love cup filled with Father. And then you'll have enough love, more than enough love, to love self, to love others. Let's look at 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 18 through 21, it says this. There is no fear in love. But see, even in today's world, we would say there's a lot of fear in love because they say, I'm afraid of getting hurt. I don't want to open up my entire heart. I don't want to trust People, I don't want to trust them. You have to trust Father. And Father will show you who to entrust your heart to. You understand? It says, verse 18, there is no fear in love. Say with me, there is no fear in love. love. You've got to arrive at that place. You've got to arrive at that place, knowing that Father has you. We can just stay right there for a moment, knowing that he has you, wrap you. When you're in the place of fear, when you're going out someplace, you say, oh, they're coughing. Am I going to get it? No, I'm in wrapped in father's care. I didn't get a paycheck. I'm wrapped in father's care. Because without his love, fear will torment you. Without knowing that father has you and that he loves you beyond belief. Without knowing that and experiencing that and feeling his arms with you, feeling his arms around you, it's tormenting. Remember that you were created by love. Say with me again. I was created by love, to love, for love, and to be loved. All right? That's a fact. It is in us. It's a part of who we are. All right, so again, it says 1 John 4, 18 through 21. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. It chases it out, chases it out. When you are perfected in love, fear is chased out of there. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. 
For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that we who, that we, rather he who loveth God, love his neighbor, rather love his brother also. Let's look at, let's look at John 13, John 13, 35, 34 through 35. It says this, the Lord says here, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So I'll say this, give into your nature. We've been running for, for, if you've been really hurt in heart, we are reluctant to give into our nature. Love is your nature. Love is your nature. When we shut others out, it actually hurts us because we really do want to love fully. We really do want to love with our whole heart and all of our strength. It's, it's in us. It's in us. So I would say give into your nature and love. Trust Father with your heart and allow your heart to be open to receive the love of God so that he may love through you because that's what people really need. That's what your spouse needs. That's what your children need. That's what... We as parents need to give our children the love of God that flows through us because human love is fickle. Human love will love you during homeroom, but then when school is over on the playground, they say, I don't want to be your girlfriend no more. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> the guy where we were out embarrassing. That happened some time ago. But I'm happily married now. <laughs> yes, sorry. But again, created by love, for love, to be loved. The second reason we crave the acceptance, we're really going to stay here for the length of our time here today. The second reason we crave for the acceptance and approval of others is we think that as when we have their approval or acceptance, we'll, we'll be successful in life and, and we'll move, we will move forward. We think that if enough people like or approve of our videos, our blogs, our posts, our businesses, our ministries, our cooking, if enough people approve of what we do, if enough people approve of us, then they'll help us. They'll give to us. Then they'll favor us. They'll speak to the boss for us. They'll speak to this person. If they like me, if they like what I do, then they'll, they'll aid and assist me too. And society really, really promotes that because businesses are hunting for your approval. They really want you to like them. That's why they send you out. You go to some place for business and they send you, start sending out use surveys. Do you like this? Did you like that? Did you like this? Did you like that? You buy something on some type of online service and they send you a survey. Did you like this? How many stars would you give it? Did you like this? Did you like that? Did you like this? Would you comment on this for me? Would you comment on this for me? Would you like this? Would you like that? It's every where, where? I was stopping some words coming out of my mouth, Richard everywhere. It's all in the culture. It's everywhere. 
like us. Do you like us? Like me, like me, like me. And again, they say, if the world, they, the world says your success is tied up, uh, tied up in the faults and opinions of people. If enough people like you, then you'll succeed. But uh, if it, and we can say, if you do things just right, <laughs> they say, if you do it just right, uh, and if enough people like you, then they'll lift you up. But again, if people are lifting you up, people can tear you down. Who wants to be on a roller coaster ride like that? That's a thought from hell. And that's what God wants to deliver you from because promotion doesn't come from people. It comes from God. It comes from God. Let's look at this. Let's go to Psalm 75 verses four through seven. We're going to look at this out of the New Living Translation. You need to be delivered today. And I want you to say this with me. Father, deliver me from public opinion, from the fear of public opinion. Because if you're always looking to them, now there's some measure, again, we are children of love, so we're always going to want somebody to like us and care about us in some measure or form. But when that goes overboard, when we begin to compromise, when we begin to do things or say things that are out of our character, out of the will of God, to get somebody to like us, to get somebody to go out on a date with us, to, to get somebody to do this or do that. When we start compromising, that's when the problem comes in. And that's when the devil can lead you around to do things that you know you, should have, you know you shouldn't be doing. Are you with me? Psalm 75, look at verse 4 uh, through 7, and it says, I love this. The word says, I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I got this because I did that. I warned the proud, stop doing that. He said, I told the wicked, don't raise your fist. God, I don't need you. I can do it myself. Verse five, don't raise your fist in defiance at the, at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. For no one on earth from east or west or even from the wilderness, should raise a defiant fist. Verse 7, it is God alone who judges. He decides who, rise, who will rise and who will fall. It's God. It's God. So what the enemy is really trying to do, he's trying to keep you in a box. He does not want you to express your true nature or express who you are and what you have because you are so afraid. People are so afraid. The church is so afraid. If I do this, I'll offend them. And if, if I say hell, I'll offend them and they won't come back. If I say sin, repent, then I'll offend them and they won't come back. If I say this, I'll offend them. So I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to keep it zipped. I don't want to offend them. But listen, the gospel is confrontational. We said that last week. We're children of light living in a dark world. And if you don't want us uh, to offend those that are in darkness, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to turn your light down. You're going to start dimming it down. And the more you dim your light, the more you become like them. And God said no. He wants you to be who he's called you to be. All flaws 
in all. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27 through 29. Oh, this is so thrilling. Makes you want to put your leg out, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Feel free to do it at home. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just me, Stan. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So 1 Corinthians, let's listen to this. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 29. It says, uh, instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Isn't that wonderful? He said he chose the things that the world says is nothing. You're nobody. You don't have to. You don't have the right skin color. You don't have the right uh, hairstyle. You don't have the right shape. You don't have the right uh, education. You don't have the right this. You don't have the right that. God said, I will choose you to put them ashamed, to make them ashamed. I'll choose you. And that's one thing, you know, but here again, if we are so concerned about public opinion, we won't try to stand up or stand out when God has chosen you to put them to shame. When God puts his anointing on your life, I'm telling you, the whole thing changes. This reminds me of, of the Olympic race that happened many years ago. Some of you may have heard it um, where there was this young man. He was really he was uneducated from a third world uh, country. And and uh, he ran the race so powerfully and strongly. And at the end of the at the end of the race, they they interviewed him and they interviewed uh, the gentleman that was in second place. Uh, well, they, they went to the gentleman in second place first. Uh, you know, he won the silver medal and they and they said, well, they asked him, well, how do you feel about the race? He said, well, um, due to the win factor and uh, due to the uh, due to the conditions of the track, I was not able to produce the velocity needed in order to uh, procure uh, the winning of this race today. And a whole lot of other big words. He was very intelligent. But the, they interviewed the first place winner, the gold medalist. And they said, sir, how do you feel about the how do you feel about your first place winning? He said, I win. <laughs> I win. What else? What else? There's nothing else to be said. I went fast. He didn't have all the big words. He just did what was required. So he shamed all of the others. That's what God would do. He will make the, the last first. Hallelujah. He'll put you to the front of the line. And there's nothing that can be said because God did it. I love the way the Lord used also the little boy's lunch in John, the sixth chapter. I, uh, this is so powerful. I may have told some of you about this before. You know, when the Lord Jesus, uh, he had to feed the whole multitude and he asked the disciples, what do you have? And the disciples said, oh, we got his little boy's lunch. 
This little boy, we don't know his name, and that little boy was not even counted with the rest of the people. The Bible says that there were 5,000 men, so they didn't count the women and the children. So the little boy wasn't even counted. Neither was his mother that made the meal that God used, that Jesus used to feed everybody. So the Lord brought somebody that wasn't even counted. He used them to feed the 5,000. He used them to do this miracle. I'm telling you, the Lord is, he, he's a wonder at, at taking those that the world has despised and say, yeah, I'll bring them up. I'll show the world. Look at this. He did it also with King David. Remember when David was going to be anointed to be king and his father, Jesse, you know, calling all the big, all the big sons, the tall, the, the strapping men, you know, those that probably like Pastor Nelson, you know, big and strong. And there's scrawny David looking more like, you know, scrawny David out there with the sheep. Daddy called everybody else in. He was, he was the prophet Samuel, well-known prophet Samuel, coming to anoint the next king at Jesse's house. Daddy, again, called everybody in except for David. And one looked over, one despised. He's out there with the sheep. Samuel goes to all the sons with the oil. He knows that when the oil moves or some type of activity happens on the oil, this is when the Lord, this is the one the Lord has chosen. So Samuel goes to all of them. And he said, Samuel says, oh, surely this is the one. He looks like a king. He's tight. He's big. He's strapped. He looks kingly. God said, no, I have not chosen this one. He goes through all the sons. And, and then Samuel says to Jesse, the daddy, do you have any more? You must have another son. Daddy says, yeah, I got, I got another one. He's a scrawny one down there. He's keeping the sheep. Samuel says, we, none of us are sitting down to eat. We're not doing nan. I'm sorry. We're not doing anything. Nan thing until he comes here. David comes in, didn't have a chance to wash and prepare like his older brothers did. The older brothers knew Samuel's coming. It's time to put on your best. Time to, time to put on your smell good. Time to look refreshed. David didn't have time to prepare. So he came in smelling like the sheep. He came in dirty and cruddy. So God was saying, I, I, this is the hour that I will pull you up. You may not think that you're ready, but God said, you're ready now. Hallelujah. He brought him up. He didn't have time to prepare. And he brings him to the front and he anoints him in front of all of them. He gives them this place of great honor in front of all the others that were preferred. From that moment, many of, many of David's brothers were jealous of him. But whatever. God chose me. Say with me. God chose me. The least. The least. He chose me. The least. So don't count yourself out. You say, I can't sing like them. I can't speak like him. I can't write like her. I, I can't do it. But you can do something that God can promote. So remember, the Lord said, and we uh, love this. We're closing. I love this in Psalm 23. I can't wait to get back into it this week. Psalm 23, verse, verse number two says that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That lie down means to stretch out. He makes you, allows you to be yourself. 
in a prosperous territory. Stretch out. Hallelujah. Stretch out. We can't. It, it is terrible for us to live our lives contained. Never loving, never being loved, always afraid that what we may say the wrong things, do the wrong things, always afraid of making a mistake. Jesus said, I've led you to a place where you can stretch out. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let's look at one more scripture today. We're going to close out. Let's look at Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. We're going to look at this out of the Message Bible. Proverbs 29, verse 25 through 27. And uh, this is thrilling. This is thrilling. Y'all getting something out of this today? Lord, I know I am. That's another shaky leg moment there. It's another, it just keeps happening, Bree. It just keeps happening. He, see, he chooses one with the leg thing going on. Why did he choose one that could, could speak nice and proper, properly? Sorry, online community. I'm just stretching myself out. Hallelujah! Proverbs 29. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here today. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 25 through 27. Now the message Bible says this. What? The fear of human, what? Opinion does what? Disables. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. Look at verse 26. Everyone tries to get help from the leader. King James says everybody tries to find favor with the leader. But God, but only God will give us justice. Only God can give you the help that you need. How many of us are trying to brown nose with the boss and Brown knows with the pastor and all this stuff. If I do this or that, if I, if I can do this and that, then I'll do that. It comes from God. It comes from God. Look at verse 20, 27. And we're really going to look at this thought on next week. 27 says this. Good people can't stand the sight of deliberate evil. The wicked can't stand the sight of well-chosen goodness. Just like you can't stand to see someone, some horrible act, the same way that they feel about you doing something good. So everybody's not going to like you. Everybody's not going to love you. We're going to have to settle that now. Because if you don't settle that, when somebody looks at you cross-eyed, then you think something's wrong or that you're doing something wrong. But again, just like you can't stand to see evil, some can't stand to see good. It's a fact of the matter. Let me give you one more. I love this. Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 through 8. Verses 5 through 8. When you go out this week, I want you to know this, that you are breaking free from public opinion. Say with me, I'm breaking free from public opinion. Now, again, there's some measure of wanting to be loved and being liked that's in us. But when it goes above that, when it goes beyond that, when we are beginning to worry, when we're overly concerned about what somebody said and, and this and that and the other, no, no, no. Realize that you have Father's love. Remember, if you don't get your love cup filled up in prayer, 
If you don't have that time with God, which is the most important time of the day, your time with Father, whether you feel anything or not, that time with Father is the most important time. Hear me, child of God. That is the most important time of the day. Whether you feel anything or whether you hear anything, that time with him, when you say, Lord, I present myself before you, Father, here I am. When you present yourself before him, he's filling that cup up. He's filling that cup up. And the more you present yourself, the more your cup gets full. The more your cup gets full. So if you find yourself really going after people liking you and, and really concerned, why don't they like me? Why don't they like me? Why, why don't anybody like me? Why are they all against me? That tells me your cup is not full and you're seeking for other people to fill your cup. And the devil is going to make sure that there's nobody to fill it. And then we live a horrible life, always trying to impress other people, always trying to do this and always try to do that. And when you do that, you lose yourself in the opinions of others and you never stretch out. Never stretch out. None of us need to leave this planet without stretching out. <laughs> Oh, how horrible it would be to stand in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord says, hey, I'm glad you're here. Welcome home. Welcome home. Why do you do this? You had it in you. Well, Lord, I was afraid. Why? I was with you. You don't need to fear. I'm with you. Yes, folk are not going to like it. But the Lord said, but I love it. Are you hearing Last one. Let's go to Jeremiah again. Jeremiah 17, verse 5 through 8. And it says this. I love it. I love this translation as well. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Do you hear that, saints of God? God said, that's cursed. You think that people are going to lift your YouTube channel. They're going to lift up your Facebook channel. They're going to lift up your ministry. And you put all of your hope in people. God said, you're cursed. You turn yourself away from God, looking at them. God said, that's a cursed life. Look at verse, say with me, Lord, thank you for delivering me. Hallelujah. Look at verse number six, it says, They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Say with me, Lord, I made you my hope and confidence. Come on, say with me. Lord, I made you my hope and confidence. Hallelujah. Look at verse number eight. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That's what the Lord says. 
So we're going back to the first part of it. We ask the question, do you like me? Do you like me? And there's some measure of some measure in us that wants to always hear a yes. Do you love me? There's some measure of us that always wants to hear a yes, because that's who we are. We need love. But the problem is when we search for love in all the wrong places, the problem is that we have not been in the presence of the Lord to get our love cup filled up. And because it's not full, we know it's not full because we got to have their approval. If we don't have their approval, then our whole life shuts down. Our whole world shuts down. Somebody thumbed me down. What do they mean? Somebody that you probably don't even know. Somebody disliked me. Somebody gave me a bad review. And it just blows up our whole world. That can be possible if your love cup has not been filled up. So I urge you this week, get your, and for the rest of your lives, get in the presence of the Lord. Spend that time with him and get your love cup filled up. That way you can go, go about doing the work of the Lord. That way you can uh, come across criticisms and it won't damage you, won't destroy you. Because you've got to stretch out. Turn to your name and tell them, you've got to stretch out. <laughs> you've got to stretch out. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for this time you've given us to gather on your word. Father, I pray that, that the love cup of your people, even now as they're watching and listening, even now as we're in this room, that you're filling up their love cup. And Lord, that you'll give us, give us a hunger and thirst for righteousness so that we can be filled. Lord, so that we can stretch out and do what you've called us to do. Lord, I speak your blessings upon your people. And I thank you for this fresh anointing that you're giving them so that your people may be able to take back everything that was stolen from them and to move forward in the kingdom of God in their lives. We bless you today, Father, and we honor you. And we thank you for this time that you've given unto us to feed and to drink and to be refreshed. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So my friends, right now, those of you that are, that are watching and listening, if you have never received the Lord Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, now is the time to do it. Maybe you've lived a life of guilt and shame and worry and misery. Maybe there's unforgiveness and all of that in your life, and you want today to, be, to have a change. Well, it's, it's easy. We can start right here with a simple prayer as we talk to the Lord Jesus. So Kingdom Rock, those of you that are even here tonight, uh, this morning that has not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's pray this prayer together. And just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit that I have not walked the way that I should have, but I come to you and I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me, and I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of speaking in other tongues that I may speak the language that you speak that my life may change. I thank you, Lord, for accepting me and coming into my life. 
in Jesus' name, amen. My friends, if you've just made that decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord, then go to our website. We want to hear from you. We want to celebrate with you. Go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. Click on the contact button there and help us. Uh, let us share in the good news with you. We will celebrate with you and we'll also add you to our prayer uh, add you to our prayer list. Hallelujah. Uh, so that our prayer warriors can be praying with you. Amen. And now find a good Bible believing church and get involved. Hallelujah. We'll pray, we're praying with you. We love you and we will see you on the next time. Bye-bye. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.